I need to fade you up so everyone can hear you. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I was just saying it's been a very emotional week. It's just one of those things where, uh, because... Hey, buddy, share. What's going on? Well, um, <laughs> it's one of those things. You know, uh, sometimes you get into a bit of pop culture that you just really can't let go of. Hi there, and welcome to BBC Radio 2, the home of all Lost Light criticism. Uh, joining me today are two people who are living both their best lives and their worst lives at the same time. It's Marion. Hi, Ben. Uh, no, D- Dermot was a host. Ben was the... Oh, we've ruined the joke. Oh. I mean, we were going to have <laughs> yeah. to explain the joke anyway. I mean, you guys... No, never, you guys never explain, ju- never apologise. Just explain this joke to me. <laughs> Well, let me introduce you first. Hi, Mr. Uppity. You're destroying this. Maybe our last episode on an issue, but you can't go destroying the format now, Tom. And also here today is that man people struggle to remember a lot of the time, but has many children all over the world. It's Tom McNally. <laughs> so is that is that a Dermot O'Leary joke? I would never slander Dermot O'Leary, Tom. <laughs> I mean, also, Dermot O'Leary has just been explained to me as well. He uh, was the host on... I think he might still be the host on X Factor. I'm not entirely uh, sure because I don't watch X Factor. But he was not a big TV celebrity back in the day, but in the tradition of Radio 2... Uh, We'll talk about Lost Sight in a minute, listeners, don't worry. In the tradition of Radio 2, uh, they tend to go for people who were quite big on TV with young people about 10 to 20 years ago. That's, uh, that's how British radio works. But the reason we're, we're talking about Radio 2 is not that we've gone mentally ill. It's that uh, we're recording this merely hours after uh, the Radio 2 sports host, uh, Ben Sutherland, uh, used his slot on the Dermot O'Leary show to uh, talk about how great Lost Light was and how sad he was it's ended. I've not had a chance to listen to it because uh, I've been out and about and I gather it was just basically Dermot O'Leary going, hey, Ben, uh, talk about sport. And Ben going, no, fuck off. I fucking hate sports. I don't know why I became a sports editor of BBC Radio 2. That was a foolish decision. He said, I'm going to talk about this comic. And and he did. So I I think they might get a few more listeners with us on that one. At least everyone here knows what Lost Light is. Right, but like like Ben, we're sad that it's over? Uh, Sorry, we sad or is Dermot O'Leary sad? Because I don't think he knew what it was. He was confused. Well, no, no, we're sad. We're sad that it's over. (laughs) Oh, yes, yeah. Um, We are sad. Also, Ben, we salute you. That was a lovely thing to pull off. And I wish we could reciprocate by saying something about football, but all three of us know precisely fuck all about football. So we're not even going to try. I was given a thing to say by one of our football fan listeners, which is uh, the real winner of a Manchester derby will be Liverpool. Uh, That that one's for you, Andy. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about BBC radio starring ex-television celebrities. We're here to talk about the final issue of uh, Transformers Love Lost Lights, issue 25. Uh, how to Say Goodbye and Mean It Part 2, which, as you all know, was also the name of the first issue. Uh, none of us would ever get confused on that point. <laughs> uh, there's a callback for you. Uh, it's written by James Roberts, art by uh, Jack Lawrence, colours by jo- Joanna Lafente, letters by Tom B. Long, who Ooh. I'm always very careful to specifically mention, because if you say something about him, there's a good chance he'll write it down, put it in his online comic. Uh, edits by David Mariette, and uh, publishers for the last time by Greg Goldstein. Aww. Aww. 
It's really happened. It has. It's, it has really happened. It's ended. And there may be some subtle references to the fact it's ended in the course <laughs> of this issue. Some clever, better. You might have to look out for them. <laughs> so, panel one, and like all endings, it came too soon. Ah. No, oh, we are in Vividfield, guys, where we are back where we started. We are where Rodimus gave his speech in uh, the very first issue. It didn't look like a graveyard when he gave his speech. It didn't. It was a different Cybertron, to be fair. That's true. Maybe in Function of Cybertron, they made more graveyards. Yeah. And I, I don't see any other graves apart from ratchets there. So yeah, weirdly just... sort of cyber-utopia kind of emptiness. <laughs> just... Do we think Ratchet chose his um, sort of like a, a resting place? It's not his actual resting place, but his, uh, his gravesite. Yeah, I, I mean, there aren't any other markers around. Mm. It just seems to be in the middle of nowhere. It seems to be quite specific. Mm. And uh, it's an interesting crowd, isn't it? Um, we've got uh, the Lost Light, a list, um, or more, a lot of them anyway. Uh, but we've also got Prowl. And there is somebody who is very notably missing from people who would want to be in Ratchet's funeral. A oh. certain Optimus Prime isn't here. Neither is Bumblebee. Mm. Well, but Bumblebee wouldn't, wouldn't care. He's an egotist. If it's not about him. Well, uh, this was um, this would have been a callback though if Bumblebee was there to the first issue as well, where Ratchet tells him that he's decided to leave and Bumblebee has a, a, a bit of a breakdown over it, uh, oh. seeing as Prowl is here. Therefore, do we think this is linked to what's happening over in the other books? I suppose we should say this is uh, established before we came out, but this is the last chronological, or at least the bits around Ratchet's funeral, which are set at an unspecified amount of time in the future, yeah. is the last chronological Transformers story. Yeah. So, uh, if you, or IDW Transformers story, so it's, uh, you kind of now know that there's basically going to be a reasonably happy ending. To Unicron before issue six comes out, which is nice, you know, because it means I don't have to read Unicron issue six. <laughs> when you say a happy ending, do you mean the world doesn't end and also Prowl and Windblade make it out alive? Because that's pretty much all we know about it. And I don't know if this is a particularly happy ending. Like, I would have been fine with Prowl dying and Windblade personally. It, it seems like most people are out because nobody's just sat around going, oh, it's awful now. Everybody is dead, apart from us 10 people here. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought that would have come up? Well, they yeah, okay. It is it's it's fairly ambiguous, isn't it? And seeing as we're talking to Prowl, you know, God knows what's happened. And it's not as if Prowl would have, you know, been sat there like being in mourning, would it? He'd be like, Yep, let's get organized, let's do what we're gonna do with functioning Cybertron, sort out the Luna babies and just keep going. But so, so with Prowl here, it's quite interesting about the uh, the wiki has been, no, no, that's totally supposed to be Blue Streak. They've just coloured him wrong. While I believe everybody actually involved in the comic has been like, no, it's genuinely meant to be Prowl, even though he's in Blue Streak's body design there. Uh, yeah, I, I never thought it would be. Like, uh, immediately, especially given that it is Ratchet, I immediately thought it would be Prowl. Um, plus, you know, but Prowl is there in, in the next bit, so... Yeah, you've got to have someone from his uh, from his infiltration team present. Mm. Bumblebee and Prime would... I don't know, that would kind of, it would be too distracting. Prowl is an actual character in this issue. Yeah. Um, I kind of... 
I mean, yeah, I have those questions, but it's, it's yeah, it's not what we're talking about um, here in issue twenty-five. Um, so I don't know. I, my Optimus is probably still kicking. Bumblebee's probably still around, but they just couldn't make it, and uh, they've got their own thing going on. Ratchet of uh, Vaporex. Vapor? Is that new? Have you not? I, th- I think so. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting how the guy near the funeral looks like he's dressed up, like he's wearing, wearing a hat of some sort. Uh, I think as, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, okay, so that's uh, the gag here, that they're going to be all rogues. <laughs> they're just they're wearing hats, just to try and disguise that reveal. Oh, end. really? You pegged it right on the first page? It's an odd look for him. It's, uh, the fact that the guys uh, with Whirl look, look like they're dressed up as well. So I was like, yeah, it's... All, all the kids are gonna be gonna be wrongs. It's um, it's it's kind of yeah. It's like the second panel in. Like Rung has gone back to prison, <laughs> and he's in handcuffs, being escorted to a funeral. Uh, oh, well, you mean? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I picked up on that straight away. I didn't read the five-page preview before this came out. I read the one page though, so I just saw this one page. I picked up on that. Well, definitely looked like he was in half handcuffs there. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what to think of the other part. I just knew it would be important somehow. I can't say. I guess that it would have been uh, a wrong, a, a, a wrong child. Um. And uh, just before I read this issue, um, I, I was uh, messaging uh, James Roberts and I said, I'm, I'm just about to read it. Um, Ratchet better not be fucking dead. And uh, <laughs> and James said, I hope you enjoy the issue. <laughs> and literally the, the second page was Ratchet being fucking dead. <laughs> so bloody hell. I mean, okay. Um but it's a long time in the future, and he's, he's died of old age. Yeah. So it's, yeah, everybody does in the end. Well, I did say I'll, I'll take the fact that the, there was the reference to his long-term conscience and Jura, uh, which, which does mean that it has been a long time since uh, the, the end of uh, Lost Light proper. Uh, and yeah, as, as long as they've had a happy life together, I will take it. But also, uh, what James said to me, uh, when I went back to swear at him, having read the issue, uh, was that there is an out at the end of the book, which we will talk about later. Oh. Yeah, so it's sort of interesting. This is very like a, a, a fair few shows do this, sort of a last episode set a good year, a few years later, everybody comes back. Usually because of some sort of tragedy has brought them all back together. I mean, obviously, uh, the last episode of Babylon 5 has it. The last episode of Star Trek with Next Generation has it, but with a time jumping in there as well. Uh, the last episode of Voyager. Uh, the last original episode of A British Empire, because we've got to mention a Chris Barry starring sitcom at some point during these things. <laughs> That's a thing as well. So it's, uh, this, of course, has a pretty interesting uh, uh, twist up on before that near the end. But yeah, I've, I've, a few pages of this, I'm like, okay, I can see what this is doing here. It's going to be about how their lives have all got worse. But by coming back together for this funeral, they start to pull themselves back together a bit. Which uh, I was mostly half right, half wrong on there. But it's sort of it's a pretty uh, good gimmick for uh, sort of getting into what happens to all the characters afterwards. Hmm. So what has happened? Well, they've actually died. They've got old. They've di- yeah. Some of them have died. Things have moved on. There's new people now occupying their place in society. Some of them have had success. Some of them have uh, gotten uh, degenerative brain diseases. 
some of them uh, have, have coupled up and some of them have, have um, you know, ridden a career and are kind of on the back end of it. Life's all very high school reunion-y. Kind of, you know, we're in our 40s now and things didn't necessarily turn out the way we, th- we thought they would. Life happened. Life happened. Except for Prowl, who has still not fucking fixed his eye. Um, do you think it's a... I don't know, maybe it's a look now. Because he, he fixed it, didn't he? And then he, uh, he seems to have broken it again. He's gone for the, the roguish pirate look. Yeah. It's just done to wind me up. I mean, he's on a new Cybertron. They've got all these resources. He could find an eye doctor. <laughs> he's got no excuse Maybe here. he's keeping a brain in there. Um, uh, speaking, speaking of looks, it seems that uh, I think Drift invested his, his wealth wisely. He's mm. some kind of king now. Do you think, is it not just like a funeral ceremonial? Because this is what he looks like on the um, on the Quantum Lost Light as well, in the flashback on uh, Rodimus's funeral. Oh. He wears some kind of cloak there as well. He's got a kind of a funeral suit that he puts on. Okay. Say one for every funeral. <laughs> mm. he's, got, he's got rocket boosters or something on the back. Yeah, I mean, it may well be that it is, this, is, this is his look now. Yeah, I guess tra- I guess if a transformer would have a funeral jacket, it would have rocket boosters on it. <laughs> it. It's probably his wedding suits as well. I imagine he has to make full double purpose. He can't have two suits. He's not that flush. Aww. And the ratchet seems to have uh, kept the bulkier um, design as well. Yeah, I did quite appreciate how there weren't distracting redesigns <laughs> throughout all this. <laughs> Ratchet, he wanted to be remembered, remembered in death how he lived, with his hands pushed to the top of his jeans, like some sort of a cowboy. <laughs> and uh, non, not unexpectedly, he's donated his body to medical centres. Yeah. Nearly all of it. There's one part well, that has been held back. He's, he's donated all his body, not all of it to medical centres, yes. Uh, so... Then we have our first flashback, which where they've met up with the survivor of Unicorn, I suppose. So let's assume, not assume any more than that at the moment. Mm. Uh, where it's not really clear, because obviously there was that big gap between the end of Lost Light and where Unicorn is now of like a couple of years. So did they take a couple of years to get back in touch with people? Or did they get thrown through time by the Warren? Um, I think... James Roberts said on Twitter recently, it's best not to overthink these things. Oh, okay, that's the end of the show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that did confuse me a little bit was the fact that we don't have the angled corners on the panels in the flashbacks. Um, I wondered if this was done on purpose, but I can't think of what the purpose would have been. Yeah, I was looking out for that. It seems it's, it's been so consistent yeah, up until just the very end. Mm. There were some transitions where I didn't immediately spot the time frame and jumped. Yeah, so that's uh... the colours are subtly different. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's there were online there were complaints. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was poring over this issue quite um, quite methodically as I was reading mm. the first time, so I was keeping track. But yeah, there's nothing really to clue you in except uh, I guess just faith. Uh, the story. Makes sense. Like, you, oh, yeah. you pick it up as you read, but you don't pick it up straight away, which leads to a bit of initial confusion. But maybe that was that was the idea? 
Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Let's see, uh, one of the main purposes of this ratchet scene is just to, not ratchet, but not prowl scene, is just to uh, mainly establish why Rodimus and his cream don't just immediately fuck off once prowl turns Because uh, uh, we need your quantum engines to sort out all these babies. So if you leave with your ship, you're going to kill a load of babies. Are you going to do that? Well, he's got, you know, he's got a point. <laughs> that thing like is superman doing more good by fighting villains and uh, rescuing people or could he just uh, push a lever for his entire life and generate uh, infinite energy for everybody you know what would save more lives in the long run um yeah i i, I it's it's like it's credible to prowl's character and yeah it gives a it sort of cuts off the sequel right there it's uh <sighs> It, it got me this bit because it, it was, you know, Rodimus is like, yeah, you're not going to have the engines, forget it. No matter what, you're not having them. You're not having them. Yeah, you're going to save billions of babies. Okay, fuck, have them then. Um, and, you know, you kind of feel for him. Like, he didn't, you know, he didn't pose. It's like, fuck, fucking have them. Um, but I think he was also... A bit distracted with a Megatron thing there. Uh, who, R- Rodimus? Yeah. Yeah, and you can tell that Prowl has rehearsed all this. Mm. He knows how it's going to play. Uh, and he's just kind of yeah. doing it. You know, he's here for Megatron, but he kind of seeds the seeds the thing about the about the sparks, gets the engines. It's uh, it's very efficient. It's very yes. true, true to Prowl. Yeah, he's not even looking up from his data pad, is he? It's just... It's a thing. He's <laughs> playing Fruit Ninja on there. Yeah. Um, Megaton cracks a joke. Yeah, I suppose you had to yeah. be there. Thank God you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows God personally. He yeah. does. <laughs> or de- or well, does only he it. doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. <laughs> okay, we flash back then. Um, and uh, we've seen a lot of people have left Arena Most and Ajanda for Roger, and there's supposed to be a lot more of it. Uh, than what we see over there. There's various people catching up. There's something here that I think needs pointing out, and that is Red Alert telling Drift that um, he could have prevented this if he'd seen it sooner. Hmm. Um, but he didn't. So as, as we are kind of discovering through the course of these conversations, a lot of these characters have not seen each other for a long time. Um, so it sounds like uh, Drift and Ratchet have not have been somewhere on their own. They haven't been around... Uh, Red Alert, sorry, first aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and same for Cyclonus and Helge, who've been off world. Uh, Swerve has been off opening a franchise. 113 bars. Uh, <laughs> and franchises fail. Ha ha. Ah. Apparently, uh, Nautica has written a book where they're uh, about their time of the lost lights that is mostly accurate but has a pretty glaring omission at the very end. So, so hey, the firstborn, what's he up to lately, anyway, guys? What? Is Who? that. What? I don't... Oh, what? Uh, the baby. Oh, the firstborn, right? <laughs> <laughs> the glaring omission. <laughs> is that right? Is that what well, the glaring omission is? I thought it was about skids. Well, I mean, we know what happened to skids. There's, there's no indication here whatever happened to that baby in the years since... Because uh, anyway, it was quite a big thing made about that. I thought she never got her emotions back about Skids, so didn't really talk about how he died. Oh, well, maybe that's uh, what he's talking about in fiction, but I think James has been better about how 
people are going to point out all various things that he never paid off or followed up. Oh, oh I see. Oh, you reckon that's a, that's a, that's a meta comment there? Okay, because some. Uh, I mean, I wasn't sure exactly what. Like, I I paused a bit to think about it, but um, uh, a lot of people said that's where I remember wrong um, because of his whole meta abilities. Uh, oh, that'd be nice. Uh, but I think uh, I don't know. I probably skids. I'd say, uh, or maybe it is just you know meant to be left open to whatever you think she's left out, or as in you, as in the reader. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I quite like that. And like the look on his face is like he's clearly upset, but it's sort of inscrutable. Um. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's carrying regret. Um, rewind and Chrome Dome are there. Rewind is not his former self. He, uh, he has, uh, as you said earlier, Tom, I think you put it right, uh, some kind of uh, neurodegenerative disease. Mm. And um, he, uh, he, he can't communicate well with uh, other people anymore, but he can communicate with uh, Chrome, Dome, Chrome Dome in a more intimate way. And... Um, it's, he probed home ejects rewind, like you see with his needles. It's a, uh, it's subtle, isn't it? Yeah, it's he's uh, he's replaced his addiction with a different kind of addiction. Um, oh. Yeah, it's it's um, just the mention that he became a grief counselor as well. Sort of, I'm taking that as that he, uh, yeah, definitely did give up. That was lovely. Yeah, that was a, a good touch. Yeah, because it's kind of the opposite of what he's always been. And, and mm. Rewind can definitely remember Rung, but only presumably the Functionist universe Rung, because that's the one who would have been in all the Functionist files that he absorbed. So you can remember Rung punching a moon, but not, not the Rung he actually knows. So there's, it's sad that everybody's forgotten Rung already, and they will find out soon that uh, they forgot him almost immediately. But um, it, that kind of made me think, remember how... They couldn't make. They couldn't just copy a map of the uh, to towards Cyber Utopia because of copy protection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was that the Knights of Cybertron really put that in there intentionally, or that's just a side effect of carving something into the Matrix because the Matrix is part of Run? Oh, that's a that's a cool take, isn't it? Because of course mm. the, the Knights of Cybertron wanted people to find Cyber Utopia, so yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah, so, I mean, so Rung's forgetfulness uh, kind of saved everyone from getting euthanized. Well, that's cause, yeah, because I think we said at the time that their, their, their actions didn't really make any sense in terms of bringing people to Cyber Utopia. So if, yeah, if they thought, yeah, we'll just put this really obvious map into <laughs> the Matrix, no one's going to miss that. And over here next Tuesday, this is a perfect <laughs> plan. Hmm. Yeah, I like that take. I like it a lot. Um, sorry, Brainstorm is there, and he's not all right either. No. He he hurt himself uh, in an accident. Looks like he's on life support on his briefcase, which allows him to travel, but not very far. Um, sorry, I, I have skipped a bit there, but I thought it would be a uh, make more sense to talk about now. Yes, he's a. Uh... He's got a, a time read there built by Whirl. So Whirl's got back into his uh, his watchmaking uh, habits, even uh, even in prison, yeah. which is nice. We saw we, we saw that back in um, issue forty seven, or more than it's the eye. He was uh, starting to make clocks again. Hmm. Oh, but those are like your know, digital alarm clocks. For it. This is a bit more. He's 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 got a bit more intricate now after 
Qu'est-ce qui est capté? Thinking about Will's uh, clock making, I guess it is. It's like purely artistic, isn't it? Hmm. Kind of, you know, in a world of, of machine men. Um, yeah, a watch, a, a watch can only really represent something, yeah, quite academic. Yeah, I think we did, we talked about this back when. Ah. About what, uh, but we were trying to figure out what it meant uh, more so than anything else. Like, why would what would it mean in a functionist universe, perhaps, and things like that. Um, and yeah, I think we um, concluded the same that the clocks, watches, would not serve any real function, but would be something like I don't know, people tinkering with steam trains nowadays. I guess mm. it's um, just something they like to do. Yeah. It kind of makes it if it, if that is the intention there. I guess it's really sad how Worl's whole problem began when he changed his job to become. If we, you know, if we read that just as artists, he wanted to become an artist, mm. and they cut his face off. Yeah, that was that was really kind of the end of him as that person. Mm. Or is it? Ah. He's, uh, he's he's claimed it back. Mm-hmm. Because and I am jumping again, but. Uh... Um, the, the the part of Ratchet we mentioned before has now found its way out uh, to a medical centre, has been donated to Drift, as again we saw all the way back in More Than Meets the Eye, I want to say 12. It's when... Um, when... It's uh, before Overload strikes, or just as Overload strikes, uh, Ratchet's on the, uh, on the phone to Rodimus and basically says, you know, gather everyone, raise the alarm, tell Drift he can have my hands. Um, uh, but ends up making it out of that one. So, and uh, there they are. Um, Pharma sans uh, found them where found their way to drift <laughs> to sorry to uh, to Will, uh, but he doesn't want them because he's not broken. Which is a a good message, uh, though it's a loss for the watchmaking industry. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. Will's definitely one of the ones who was coming out of his funeral. Uh, in a better place when he went into it, because as well, uh, Cyclonus and Tailgate invite him to come live with them, and they're all going to hang out. So they, they have a big a mirror of a hug between Cyclonus and Whirl, because Cyclonus is a very tactile man now these days. He's oh. not afraid to hug and kiss. <laughs> kiss it, Um I like the idea that I think it's very consistent the idea that the uh, Will had didn't know what to do himself and ended up getting into trouble. Um, I mm. like the mention of him no longer actually being dangerous though. Um, just he just doesn't know what to do himself. Uh, but he's not actually actively hurting anybody. He's low risk. Um, uh, he hasn't lost himself. He sounds he sounds fine. Like he he looks unhappy, you know, but he sounds like his wit is there, you know. He's uh, he's really quick with his responses there. He's you know he's himself. Hmm. Um, he's better, if anything. He's just kind of lonely and uh, a loose end, and uh, just wants to belong somewhere. Yeah, I really like how well has been treated here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad that he didn't he didn't die after saying that would be easy, wouldn't it? It'd be easy, like even Team Whirl, and then. <sighs> died hmm. but yeah people don't do that people don't just but they do die tom they, right? yeah they don't just sort of wink out as soon as they sort of have some kind of uh moment or self-reflection they've got to keep on being on and their environment's a huge part of how they act and yeah. world's lost his whole support system with the last like 
uh, sure. being decommissioned. And people need that. You need that thing. You've got to keep it. If, if, if we're going to talk about sort of a, the future stuff all in one go, I think the uh, the worse off character, because I think, I think even Drift is in a... He's sad, but he's in a good place generally. And I think he's going to be joy standing on top of cliffs, looking sad whilst his cloak blows behind him, thinking about Ratchet. That's going to be his jab over the next few years. But uh, I think the worst one off is definitely Rodimus. Even though he's not in prison or bereaved, he's just become a low-level courier to Captain Thunderclash. <laughs> Boy, does Thunderclash hate Rodimus. He's like... <laughs> She's the, the rock star uh, who can only get gigs as a favour um, by his more famous and relevant friends, uh, but refuses to let go of being a rock star because he there's no reason why he's doing this uh, he just wants to be up there uh, but then the, you know the, the spark's gone there's no there's no more excuse for him to be out there there's no and you have to wonder uh, is this rodimus is doing because we know what the transformers world is like there is always something out there um so is this just just rodimus having given up a little bit here as well um yeah well you know there's the hint of of uh substance dependency mm. um and also, also kind of i know the thing which he which just reminds me of the person uh real world person this reminds me of is like cory feldman well, that's, that's a bit harsh <laughs> well, I, i'm not familiar i was a child actor um he uh encountered and suffered some pretty horrific uh sexual abuse while he was a child actor and fell into some uh, prolonged substance abuse and now he is a uh he tours as a musician and you know he has his sort of little core of the world but uh, you know there's mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a, a there's a, a desaturated kind of tone to the whole thing okay. you know he's lost people who are very close to him he's doing yeah he's he's not in the gutter he's fine he's sort of successful in 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 sort of compared to a normal person and rich compared to a normal person but it's not what he wants mm. it, it is what you realize for, for, for the rest of the transformers world nobody really cared about the lost lights quest or mission <laughs> except possibly for the megatron thing it's just a footnote to whatever happens to Megatron in the end. Because like Mario said, there's all this weird shit that keeps happening to all the Transformers anyway, so they're not going to be impressed by saving the universe or uh, a planet-eating monster. And <laughs> none of them remember meeting God, so they can't even use that as a talking point. Yeah, you kind of think that all that would just flip society or something. But, you know, they're outnumbered. They're on the Functionist, they're on Functionist Cybertron. They've got their own stuff to deal with. Uh, they've lost every single colony world and yeah who knows what kind of crazy stuff's been going on and they've got this whole new generation i mean if a, for ratchet's funeral if that maybe this is where it would be better if it hadn't been prowl at the funeral because other than prowl it's only people from the lost lines who've bothered to turn up to his funeral apparently none of his other friends or patients over the years they're either all dead mm. or didn't care enough to turn up which is pretty bleak. I think this was just for the sermon, though, because um, uh, a running funeral bot says that he's had too many donations of Animal Standard Energon. 
Mm, that's true. And they're, they're all getting donated. So I think that, that we are clearly meant to assume here that the Ratchet died still very well respected and uh, very loved. Mm. Yeah, okay. I get, maybe there's, there's there's maybe a hint there that not many people come to function as Cybertron if they haven't if they weren't either born there or yeah they weren't born there or part of the last light. Hmm. Five thousand donations specifically. It says. Five thousand donations. Which is probably the whole of the Cybertronian race at this point, the old one, the the current universe one anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good yeah that, that sounds about right. Mind you, uh, I think uh, Chris McFeely broke James earlier on Twitter by pointing out some of the numbers about the population are wrong in this issue. So it's maybe a couple of other errors in there as well. What, what the 500, was it half a billion people? Well, it's like uh, at one point, uh, they say there's like 5 million or whatever uh, babies were born up there. And then uh, there's 500 people who've been given jobs. Uh, Chris, I said, did you did you meant to repeat the same number twice? Is it supposed to be five hundred million rather than five hundred, or did only five hundred of them only get work? And James is like, oh fuck you, Chris McFeely. Uh, it's gonna be fixed in the trade for the last time. Ah, oh, the last fix for the trade. <laughs> See, pod that Rodimus arrives in, it reminds me of a cyan pod. It's just like this spherical uh, spacecraft that he arrives in at the funeral. Of a what pod? Of a cyan pod from Dragon Ball. Oh, from, oh sorry. The design right away when I said, oh, but it, you, you can actually fit two people in this one. The cyan pods were like a one-person thing that just travelled really fast through space. Oh. So it's, it's, it's his best attempt at a rod pod. He's painted some red on it. It was, I guess it was in Thunderclash colours before. <laughs> That's sort of thing Thunderclash would do to him. But he's, he's painted it a bit red and it's... It's not even as big as those similar circular shuttles in uh, Last Stand of Wreckers. It's just a top. That's Rodimus's life now. He's... Uh, do we want to? Do we want to? Do we want to broach the topic of Megatron? I think we we've come to that point where we should. So uh, Megatron is um, is taken away um, as uh, well. He hands himself in. Uh, he goes back into a cell to be tried by the Galactic Council of all people. You were still going. Who are still going? We d- we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it last time, and we thought they'd be done, but they're not. They're there, um, and they are now the the, the universe government that the Cybertronians would like to submit to. Um, they are they, <laughs> they're signing up for uh, the EU. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a uh, subtext. Yeah, <laughs> um, the the two options he's got left is uh, execution or life imprisonment forever. And that's most of the options they gave him after they uh, were impressed by Rodimus' speech on his behalf. So I wonder what the punishment would have been if they hadn't. <laughs> wow, that's a, we're going to be a little more lenient on you now because of that beautiful speech Rodimus gave where he lied about you being able to open the Matrix. Which was another another nice little touch. Uh, Rodimus would never have done that back in the day, would he? Not not for Megatron, no. No. And uh, especially uh, or at his expense. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't open the Matrix. That's mm. a huge for a guy. Everyone is expecting to become Rodimus Prime. That's mm. uh, that's a really nice touch. Yeah. So it's, it's probably lucky the Matrix is that it's have their usual body shaping uh, p- 
powers on all the people who open them. So I think if Rodimus, I mean, looking like Rodimus Prime, am I not? So why are you suddenly twice the size you were before, Rodimus, if you weren't the one who opened the Matrix? Don't think about it. <laughs> just Nori- worked on my internal organs. Oh. Yeah, no reason. I just had a redesign. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened to all the Matrixes. Because, uh, yeah, there isn't, there is no mention of them. And I think I want to get to this in a bit more um, at length later. Um, what does it mean exactly that nobody remembers Rung? How about everything that Rung was responsible for? How do they justify that happening? But let's get to that at the end. Yeah. Um, we have a lovely parallel in the cell uh, between Rodimus and Megatron, uh, mirroring uh, Rodimus' conversation with uh, Megatron at the very start of Mother Meets the Eye Season 2. It's a direct parallel to it um, with um, Rodimus um, pretty much changing exactly what he told Megatron the first time around, which is you're going to be executed and you fucking deserve it. And... Ending with uh, guilty as charged, uh, a little joke that uh, that the Megatron uh, did the last time there. Um, but Megatron seems Megatron seems very at peace. He is sad, and uh, he's still regretful, but he seems uh, resigned to his fate. Yeah, he's uh, he's got his rod of a star. For he's kept it for all eight hundred odd years of his, uh, his exile in the Functionist universe. He couldn't keep hold of Iron Packs or Rung, but he <laughs> kept a hold of that bottom of star. Kept in his back. Um, it's the first time he... It's the first time he actually really cracks, I think, from our perspective, when he's in the bar and he just says that he wasted his life. Mm. And I think, from the, from the look on his face, I think it's the first time he's said that to anyone. Mm. If, I, if, if I'd seen where it turns out he's written Ultra Magnus's favourite poem, uh, up to now we've sort of had to refer that Megatron was a terrible poet. So that's, that's reminded me of the last episode of Angel, where uh, S- Spike suddenly finds people who like his poetry when he goes to a rock and roll poetry night. You see, they, they weren't as awful a poet as we thought. One person what? liked them. Well, is, is Ultra Magnus, do you think he's really. Good. I think he's a he's a he's I think he's a man of taste. Well, he he says it was Pactor's favourite as well, but I suppose that just means he's favourite of Megatron's poetry, and it depends how bad he fought all the rest was relatively. Yeah, that's that's your <laughs> least worst poem. Well <laughs> Okay. Okay. Back to Megatron for now. Um He has his heart to heart with Magnus. Um convinces him to uh get out of his armor. Of course, the Magnus armor uh, did more than just provide a, a shell for Minimus. It's a, it's a weapon. It's not, it never belonged to him. Um, are we also to infer from this that the, they... Because it seems to me weird that Prowl would agree to something, an asset of this sort, uh, being destroyed. Mm. Um are we to infer from this that they have resigned themselves to peace at this point? Yeah, it does seem like mm. there's not much going on in the future bits. Like they're all pretty settled and relaxed. Uh, and, and at least on functionist Cybertron, there doesn't even seem to have been any trouble. Well, as I say, there's been no trouble integrating the, the wrong babies into the society like there was with the, uh, the nails and the colonists of an old Cybertron. It just seems. Uh, everybody was like, yeah, we're all chill and relaxed. I, I guess the surviving functionists, I don't think any of them appear 
in this issue. But I guess I guess none of very much of a state to make to make much of us. I think clickers in one of the bar scenes, just in the corner somewhere, representing them all. <laughs> they're, they're all very they're all at home. Rather wrongs do the work. All five hundred of them. I mean, you're, you're right, Marion. There's a lot going on there in just his decision to destroy his armor. You know, again, like like with World, you kind of think in the last issue when his armor gets blown up and then he's just Minimus. Think, oh, okay, that's neat. Uh, he can just be Minimus now. That's sort of where he wants to be. But it's actually much, it makes much more sense that he would repair it and get back in the role and then have to deal with it in a way that is voluntary. And um, if he is... I think you're right. I don't think Prowl would stand for it. I think he'd have to break the law. Hmm. Well, that's, there's no law against... Because they make the armor specific to a person anyway, so once he's given up being that, if they did want to do it again, they'd have to start from scratch with a new armor. Yeah, the secret's so out. Uh, plus Fortress Maximus is doing that job now, and he don't need no armor, because he's got his leg guns. <laughs> <laughs> hmm... So, what do we think happens to Megatron? Um, I like how it's sort of up in the air. Is he imprisoned forever? Is he dead? It kind of mean the same thing to you as the reader. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was really effective how he just gets carried off. And that's the end of Megatron. On one hand, death would probably be kinder. But we all know how long you can keep Megatron in a prison for. So yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that, that probably was like that, that lasted till Tuesday if he went to a, a lifetime imprisonment option. Even if he doesn't want to escape, but he wants to take his punishment, he will like just accidentally will forget to lock the strip one day when they're cleaning his his knees or something, and he'll just walk out. And I love the line he ends on. I deserve worse. Yeah. And um, I think this. And when we when we talk about. The quantum duplicate. I think there's something to unpack there. I think there's. Um, I think it's a, it's amazing. Yeah, that we finally get this acceptance out of him. We finally get like he's had these two lives, and he can def- he can definitely tell which one was better for him and the world and whoever. Um, and but yeah, this it's acknowledged that he, if he can give himself for the Galactic Council, which I guess would have been one of his most feared and hated organizations back when he was uh, leading the Decepticons. That's, you know, his sort of, that's the price to pay. And he's he's comfortable with that and feels that he's getting and, off easy. And it uh, also takes us all the way back to uh, Chaos Theory, mm. where they're discussing how to put Megatron on trial and what they'll do with him afterwards. That really is full circle. Not just on Lost Lights, but on pretty much everything James Roberts has ever written. In fact, with the mention of Impactor, that takes us all the way back to, to, to Last Stand as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you said earlier, Shio, where you said if he was in prison, there was always a chance he'd come back. Uh, fuck, even if you killed him, there was always a chance he'd come back. How many times <laughs> has he died? It's like, if you want to bring Megatron back, you will then go away to bring Megatron back. <laughs> Um, well, of course, if, if, they, if they did execute him, there's still another Megatron out there at the end. So, yes. <laughs> I do think they executed him, though. Um, I, I, I think I read it that way. Oh, yeah? Uh, I think uh, partly because uh, he gives his Rodimus star to Rodimus as well. 
Um, but, uh, but, or maybe not. Maybe he just uh, takes this and, uh, you know, because I'm going to not need it anymore. Or, But I, I would like to think that unless they asked him to give everything up when they took him to uh, life imprisonment, I'd like to think he would have hung on to it. Uh, he wouldn't have given it up unless he was dying. Okay. It kind of looked, looked to me like in that moment he was giving it as a gift. Oh, it, uh, I thought he put it back in his pocket or whatever it was after the conversation. Ah, um, okay. I'll just revisit oh, yeah. the panel. Yeah, 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 he does. Mm. He does put it back in his little <laughs> tummy. Tummy. And I, I can't see any... They might have put the sop to uh, looking merciful by giving the option of life imprisonment while they're debating him, but I can't see if you were going to do it while you just kill him. If you were going <laughs> to take the view that he's the worst thing ever in the entire universe. Uh, I, I, I think they could have made the trial last a lot longer as well. This is when you've got all the... Uh, everyone doing it fairly. You've got the fact that he's now saved the entire universe at least three or four times. Since even before we became an Autobot, he's done it at least twice, uh, things like Chaos. So maybe you had to debate about lives he's killed versus the fact that everybody's only alive because of him. I think uh, if they'd been legitimately interested in a fair trial, it would have gone on for much, much longer because he'd got caught up in a lot of minutiae. Uh, detail, so I think it was pretty much yeah, ex death right from the start. Yeah, they're, there's, they're not, they're not interested in their trial. Maybe they've got Unicron in the dock after him. Maybe that's why they're, they're hurrying things along. Unicron is the Galactic Council now. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like wearing all the little guys as a hat. All right. Um, do we then want to talk about what actually happens at the end? Well, this is after they, they give a one last victory lap uh, by Prowl yeah. uh, to go. So amazingly, he doesn't think they, they just run off. I guess he thought his guilt trip about the babies uh, works. Mm, I think he had a contingency plan for that. Because <laughs> uh, it turns out there'll be another couple of guys smuggle aboard with Overlord or Overlord's pants that he's found somewhere. <laughs> it's just case. They got quantum duplicates of shock and awe waiting in the basement to bring, to bring them back. <laughs> But, uh, so they go out and they all have a nice drink where Magnus gives a big speech about how uh, he's got friends now, even though they were mocking his fan fiction just before that. <laughs> about the amazing sprinkler. Yeah, is that like a comic he's got? What is that? <laughs> they, uh, it's a, yeah, fan fiction. It's why you should get together with Thundercracker and uh, compare <laughs> notes. Oh, if, if Thundercracker was still alive. Um, I... Which... <laughs> No, I don't know yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is, this, that was not a spoiler, readers. It was just okay. Stuart being... Well, well, mean. Yes. Mean. Um, oh. <laughs> there is a, a little panel that I like because it comes back, but I didn't pick up on it on first read. Um, Cyclonus saying, the trick is recognizing what you have before it's gone. Cranky says, any tips on how to do that? You can start by telling those you love that you love them. Aww. Hang on to this because Crankcase acts on this a few pages later. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and uh, Cyclonus so, so is singing The Power Love, which isn't just a callback, of course, because that's from a film where there are two different timelines. One where everybody's life is a bit rubbish and run down and not the best for everybody. And one where everything's great and everybody's happy and they own a nice car. <laughs> <laughs> which is a defining 
the definition of happiness in a 1980s Hollywood film. I like the idea of, of Crankcase and that diarrhea guy raising um, the newborn, the firstborn. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what happens. Is that's, I think the scavengers get the best life in the, in the functionist timelines. They just go off all together. I'm not sure if Nautica's... Not Nautica. Nichols going to stay with them or not, or if she's just going to lift back to the Saurus. But uh, I would have liked. They're, they're going to have fun. I would have liked to mention of of Croc's clinic. Uh, maybe if if um, I would have liked if I guess there wouldn't really have been space. But if uh, I'd like to think that Chrome Dome was working at Croc's clinic as a grief counselor, rehabilitating uh, Decepticons. That sounds like a, it would have been a lovely touch, wouldn't it? Or help them, help them get it off the ground, offering advice. Yeah. But do, do any of them turn up to the funeral at the start? Or are they uh, not no. present at all? No. Not the scavengers, no. Yeah. Um, right. There is, uh, in uh, the scene where they're around the table in the bar, mm-hmm. when uh, Ultra Magnus talks about his fanfic, um, on the table. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tens miniatures, but specifically the people on the table. Uh, Ten himself, Trailcutter, Nightbeat, Skids, and Little Ravage. Mm. All the, the fallen heroes, but not Pipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, t- Ten never met Pipes. You never oh, this is true. He didn't, yeah. So it's everyone we lost in the last arc, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really like that little touch. You know... I mean, it, looks, y- it looks like Thunderclash comes in and just slams the table on top of him, crushing them. Um, you know, you're talking about Drift's um, design. He's got those thrusters here, doesn't he, Tom? Oh, does he? If, if oh, he yeah, about... yeah. Is that just part of Drift's body, then? I think that's just, yeah, the design being funny. Like, the differences between artists, I think, maybe. But he's got... You were talking about the things over the shoulders, right? Yeah, yeah, which I thought was... Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, I see it now in the scene where they're all looking up. Yeah. Uh, weird. But speaking of designs, Will wants you to ask him about his feminist agenda. He does. Oh, I really like the. I really like how Will is there, present as as Hollow Matter, you know, beaming in from elsewhere on the ship, but then also sitting on the table, kind of quite confrontationally. <laughs> That's so, so well. It's amazing. Oh, he's uh, he's he's checking his phone, and I I like that um, when the drift starts explaining his uh, the how his visions work. Um, Whirl pulls out a very Nick Roach message on his phone. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, because uh, he, James mentions if afterwards uh, uh, he cornered Nick in a hotel room and explained all this ending to him uh, a few years ago. Which I, I, I thought I was the only one to ever get Nick Roach in my hotel room. I feel feel used now. But yeah, I can imagine Nick having that reaction. <laughs> he told you what, mate. Hmm. Um, I I do like the the sort of uh, timey wimey explanation of Drift's visions. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's one explanation. It may not be the actual one, but it's interesting they finally took the time to somebody to ask what was going on there. Yeah, yeah. and I it's very consistent. I think that James has gone back and said, "Well, somebody had a vision. I never said it was going to be true." Mm. Or I never said that that was, yeah, it was, you know, I never said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and Ratchet's trying to be drift halfway, and Rodimus <laughs> passes on his old crush to Ratchet by saying, yeah, you keep him. 
Oh, well, that, that, that's exactly what he says, but uh, the, the words are similar. <laughs> um, in that page at the top, uh, Misfire uh, is playing with Fort Max's guns on his legs. The beginning of a beautiful relationship, perhaps? <laughs> Everyone's obsessed with uh, legs and feet in this panel. What's yeah, there's uh, something that's a bit revealing, I think. <laughs> They're a planet of foot fetishists. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, um, Tanglash turns up, up to Soviet Utopia. Everybody has a bit of a memory, uh, a trip down memory lane about things we have not come across yet. What the hell is a sentient rust? Have we heard about this before? <laughs> no, it's all. Apparently, uh, I don't know when James said this, but I was reading on Wiki, but apparently the one about the, uh, the ship being impounded, yeah. uh, that was a, a, an issue, and that going to be an issue, but uh, that ended up not happening. Damn it, we, James, you can't just tell us about the stories you haven't told us about. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad. I think that works better as a sentence for the whole 20 pages. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a gag at the end. We can all make up our own story about the lost light being impounded. I, I like it. It's this, this um, yeah, it's the over to you, isn't it? Like, oh, there's lots of little gaps here and there we can fill in. This, yeah. this can all live in your imagination. We've we've done. We've we've set the the archetypes and the relationships and the and the the forward motion of the plot. But you can mm. you can drop in wherever you like, and you can use stuff like Roller's foot fetish uh, and uh, reference that on the the uh, the barrel rust. <laughs> Adventure. Well, 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 you won't be writing fanfic about any more adventures of this Lost Lights because they, they send the demolition crews in before they've even left the ship, which I would say is uh, health and safety violation. Mm. I think Magnus should have a word about that. Yeah, <laughs> hell to pay. No, I just uh, I spotted Clicker now. Oh, he's at the at the top of the panel where Ultra Magnus makes his proposal, um, his toast rather. Um, Tiny, nice. tiny. If you zoom in loads, oh, there he is. Little clicker. There with Zaron and Huffer. Uh, yeah. the, the forgotten members of the Last Light crew. Oh, Gears is there as well. Is he? Mm. Or, is, or is that Swerve wrong colour? I thought it was I thought it was a Huffer. Yeah, Huffer, oh, I think. On the page where they're starting to rip up the Last Light, the top paddle of the rights, the red and blue guy. Oh, yeah, that's oh. a Gears. Yeah. Hey! Good old Gears. <laughs> he was front and center during the improbability police uh, adventure. Um, I'm glad to see Gears now and then because I can justify owning the figure. <laughs> <laughs> of course, earlier when Rodimus was saying why he wants to get rid of a ship entirely because he doesn't want anyone doing nasty, cheap knockoff sequels. And boy, there's a, there's a metaphor or analogy there. <laughs> We're going to end it properly so that nobody else oh, ruins it. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. I did not... Okay, yeah, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, this was a, a, a bit too tongue-in-cheek here, I think. But I suppose the actual ending has a, has a different message. Maybe Rodimus... Rodimus's views are not necessarily represent those of the author. But I always see James thinking, about, I, that bloody drift in the live-action films. I can't believe what they did there. No one's ever going to do anything like that again, I mean. And, okay, they all uh, they all get out of the ship, or what's left of it. The scavengers with Nickel and Grimlock head off. Mm-hmm. Uh, crankcase rings, cons forever. Aww. Um, 
Swerve forgets to grab Miss Fire's number. That's awful, Swerve. I had big plans for you being like in a comedy sitcom for forever and ever. And uh, uh, everybody heads off. Uh, Cyclones thanks Rodimus. Um, Megatron is finally being arrested. Magnus goes with him and Rodimus is left there all by himself. Can I take a moment to point out how amazing the Cyclonus transformation sequence with Tailgate is? Where he just grabs him and just throws him. And then, throws, yeah, then yeah. It's such an amazing panel. Especially with the three of them, with uh, Rodimus and Megatron and Ultra Magnus. And then the, the, the UR eyes in the middle. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's an incredible uh, moment there. It's a very, um, mm, it's a straight in the gut that till all are one, though. Yeah, um, it's it's a Rodimus. That's where it all starts to go wrong for mm. Rodimus 1 or, mm. or Rodimus 2. <laughs> but rewind. Before they head to the bar, before any of this oh, you happens. Mean, you mean literally rewind? I thought you saw you would have said rewind. <laughs> No, no shit. Keep up. Rewind. Rewind the book. We're going all the way back to the point where Swerve says, let's get some drinks. And Rodimus says, this round's on me. And then different things happen. <laughs> In reality, at that point, Rodimus asks Shift for money. Um, but also not to get things up and says, we've got a plan with Perceptor. We've been thinking about this and we think we know what to do. We're going to replicate what happened at the very start of this story. We're going to create a quantum lost light. And we're going to fly into a different universe using um, Brainstorm's briefcase, mm -hmm. which means that it's not going to get cancelled out by this universe's lost light. And in that lost light, we can all carry on around adventures. In a different universe forever. Which impresses Brainstorm. No, not Brainstorm. Sorry, I'll say that again. <clears throat> Which impresses Perceptor. Well, Perceptor says the, the Brainstorm's original experiment was very impressive. Um, not not the, the plan with the duplicate engines. And um, Brainstorm says, that's all I ever wanted to hear. And they have their little moment. But when they're at the funeral together, they don't seem to be together. Mm -mm. So whatever. Well, no, that's, that's just respect. I think that really visit it. It's not. But, but then I, I did see James list from when he was talking about uh, some of the couples. He did mention uh, brainstorm and perceptor. Uh, but yeah, when he was uh, replying to somebody about something the other day, so maybe they just not very touchy feeling. Maybe. I well, I don't think so because uh, this. Brainstorm says that he can't leave home for more than a day and things like that. This, I think it would have been a bit more explicit at that point. Yeah, I'm not sure if brain, if uh, Perceptor's into Brainstorm mm. that, that way. Well, I'm not sure that Brainstorm is either. I think mm. Perceptor may be, but Brainstorm, I think, is still with Quark in his, in his heart. In his heart. Well, uh, there could be a quark out there in this new universe. In this new universe, which, which could universe be any quarks. universe, couldn't it? Well, let's uh, let's uh, rewind to a, a previous episode where we mentioned uh, <laughs> the often mentioned now uh, original plan for issue twelve, which would have been uh, showing what Alt uh, Omega Supreme is up to during Target two thousand and six, which is going to involve a character from a, a dimension hopping character from another universe. 
coming in and getting involved with Amiga Supreme. So was that going to be a flash-forward hint to this, where there's going to be a no-context appearance by, say, Megatron, where you're meant to think, oh, he's coming back to us from a functionist universe, but he said in the original plan it was going to be, they are in the Marvel Universe now at the end, and that's something that they, Megatron goes on, or whoever goes on to do later. Because he's, he's very coy about not saying who he was he was going to have to turn up from another universe in that time, 2006. Sidestep. So I think he was go- genuinely going to put the Lost Life crew into the Marvel Universe at the end here. Oh, man. There, we got a lot to thank for the truncated length, don't we? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad he didn't do that yet. I think personally, Stuart, you may have thought about this Omega Supreme thing more than James has. Nobody has thought about it more than James has. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they succeed. And... It's- I think we are meant to take this as choose your ending. And how do we feel about that? I think it's clever and relevant and fits. <laughs> I think you can have your, you know, life happened. They just sort of got old and died, which is, you know, real life. But, um, you know, because even in it's in the context that they didn't do a quantum duplicate and all that wacky stuff. There's that line from Swerve where he says he's not ready to relive the old days, and there's this kind of idea that they're all still there on the boat, you know, having the ha- living the 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 time of their lives, even though they didn't realize it. Hmm. There's that 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 emotion is through a science fiction contrivance uh, made real. And that's been kind of the whole message of the book from the beginning. Stuart? Uh, I think it's very clever. Because as I mentioned earlier, that a lot of shows do their finale like this. But, you know, Star Trek ones, they will have a character go back in time from a slightly depressive future to change things for the better. In a slightly egotistical way, so my life is... I, I, I stubbed my toe last week, so I'm going to go back in time and change the lives of everybody in history just to make my life a bit better. I don't really like those Star Trek finales very much. But, uh, so that's a cliche. Oh, I'll go back and make everything better in the past. Uh, but which it, this avoids it. it. It gives having your cake and eating it ended. It, <laughs> uh, it does that. Oh, but life goes on. And, you know, it, life's never perfect. You know, and, there's always an after, after, happily ever after. But, you know, they're all generally okay, about uh, one or two. But, and it does, uh, hey, the adventure continues, ending all in one go. I mean, I it's close to anything. Uh, it's interesting, but earlier, well, rather yesterday, as we record this, James was tweeting about the Doctor Who episode Doomsday, uh, and which ends with uh, the Doctor and Rose split up in different dimensions. But the follow-up to that one, uh, a couple of years later, had a duplicate of a Doctor being created who went to live in a parallel universe happily ever after with Rose. Oh, my gosh. Which, oh, man. Yeah, that totally did happen, didn't Ah, oh. Which, uh, so he got to have his better life that way. Uh, uh, yeah, that was... uh, so that's the sort of thing he comes closest to, but I've never seen it done this cleverly and on this scale and with the amount of, uh, the amount of setup. See, but, uh, see, I thought that was really dumb, and I hated it when Doctor Who did it, but I quite like this. 
Oh, mate, here you go. It's all about uh, technique. Well, no bad ideas, yeah. just bad executions. Mm, I think it is a bit of a case of having your cake and eating it here, um, in that we get our our sad ending, which is a proper ending, you know. And some people uh, have a, a good thing of it. Some people have a very bad thing of it, uh, but it is an ending. Things progress. Um, so we have that. We have the satisfaction of the ending. Uh, that's a bittersweet satisfaction. But then we also have the satisfaction of it not ending. And that it goes on. And um, James has the satisfaction of destroying his lost light, pulling it apart and uh, finishing it. Uh, whilst at the same time saying, over to you now, carry on with all these things I've given you in the last issue, all these stories I never wrote about and all these things that didn't uh, end up tying up. And, uh, you know, they're off. So, you know, you can... Um, Say whatever you want about them. Um, so this, there's no two ways about it. He's had his cake and eaten it here. <laughs> and I think we as readers have as well. I think I had a bit of a difficult time accepting the alternate, uh, the, the quantum uh, resolution, because I'd already been hit emotionally by um, the other fate of the crew. And it felt like a cop when I read it. And I couldn't accept it as an equal possibility. Uh, it was more like wishful thinking. Uh, although, you know, I, I will eventually bring myself to uh, adjust to it and sort of take it at um, how it was meant to be taken. Uh, what it does remind me a little bit is um, in terms of other science fiction, um, at the end of Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion, um, it's not the same thing. Um, the end of the world happens, basically, and everything is completely being destroyed. You know, everything, everybody has died. Um, it, it's the apocalypse, basically. And one of the characters... Um, is lost in this kind of uh, mind space where he's thinking of, oh, what would things have been like if we were all normal people going to school? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we'd all be, you know, having our lunch breaks now uh, in the sun and everything would be lovely and blah, blah, blah. Um, this is more like how I read this, is this kind of wishful thinking that hasn't actually happened um, rather than a genuine quantum universe theory that is equal as the original um, but as I say, I'm happy to, uh, I think I will eventually adjust my feelings towards this. Well, the great thing is that the text allows you to to accept that, that it is a, a fantasy. It is a, just a, a sort of mm. a, a, a vain, like a nostalgic hope they entertain themselves with uh, yes. at, at night. Because uh, they don't know it happened and it's just that uncertainty. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's, that's it's quite deft. Uh, allowing it to sort of exist in this, uh, you know, probability space, if you like. It is, and that's that's exactly it. There are some things that kind of, there are things about it that uh, put me more in the wishful thinking camp, and there's one thing about it that puts me into, oh no, this is genuine because not everything in this alternate world is perfect. Um, the wishful thinking is that uh, a lot of the bad things that happen to the characters will not happen, likely, uh, in this quantum lost light. Uh, Rewind is unlikely to end up with the condition he does because he will not have a functioning Cybertron to study, so he won't end up in the same place. Uh, Ratchet is unlikely to die um, for the same reasons because uh, he'll have uh, stayed by him and he'll catch his illness quicker. 
Um, so there's little bits like this, um, which I think very deliberately James uh, has put in to say some of these things happened because you weren't together anymore. Uh, but still, nobody remembers wrong. So it's not a perfect alternate universe. It's still just a probable, and there is no guarantee. They may all just bloody die in two days because they. Oh, get... what it's a unicorn! Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there is there is no guarantees. It's just a possibility, and of course, it's that possibility that is the what you want. It's the the unknown, the start of the quest, uh, which is that that sweet spot. I mean, it, it doesn't just open up all the fan fiction ideas and all your imagination ideas either. It basically leaves it open for them to come back in the new comics because they've gone to another universe. Oh, that'd be awful. So two or three <laughs> years, Transformers, Siege for Cybertron, issue 36, big cliffhanger, the lost light appears with these guys going, we've just come in from another universe. Uh, and I, I, I think I agree with Tom's reaction there. Uh, <laughs> what it would probably be like uh, a bit of old glory chasing, but uh, it's a, it's a possibility that's out there, but they're still involved with. They could still be more new actual Transformers adventures for them one day. It'll be a real barometer of when the the, the right the creative team has just run out of ideas. Like, oh, <laughs> let's bring back the last. Just press that button. It'll be like the Transformers comics equivalent of jumping the shark. And that was exactly um, what. James uh, says in this very book, I don't want us to become this caricature of our former <laughs> selves, I believe. Oh, go on then. Go have them drop in your story. It'll be fine. I mean, there could be an infinite number of uh, of these quantum duplicates. But... There's, there's something um, I've been thinking about in terms of Megatron's fate mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of getting let off the hook uh here he was happy well not happy he was resigned to being executed he turned himself in he kind of felt that was the the right choice and what he, and he deserved worse but then i don't know there's always been this sort of conflict uh because i'm pretty sure that uh the philosophy of this comic isn't pro death penalty uh not necessarily pro rid Redemption, but pro like people being useful in the right or people being useful is maybe the wrong word people being worthwhile um inherently and being and and that worth is found in your community right community is the big uh framework of the book and in the community of the lost light kind of insulated from prowl and the rules out there uh megatron is worthwhile he's worth a lot to uh rodimus and to ultra magnus and to everyone we don't hear much from your, your blue streaks and your thunder clashes who uh, uh were quite happy to to turn him over to the galactic council but uh and to function as cybertron and to function yeah of course he's got his <laughs> i guess the, as... the implication here is that his whole crew his last light crew are also with them. They could be or couldn't be. There is a lovely moment where exactly as he's being arrested, on the wall behind him is graffiti that says Megatron will save us. Megatron will save us. He did. He did. He saved everyone. He did. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's deliberate that we don't see Clicker or, or anybody hanging around in the background. 
we can have our Lost Light fanfic adventure where they're present, and we can have our Lost Light, Lost Light fanfic adventure where they're not. That's cool. Um, but yeah, either way, uh, what Megatron deserves as a person is to be surrounded by people who see his worth. That was the whole point of Rodimus's speech. Um, you know, what Megatron deserves as uh, a product, well, you know, a, a part of the larger society is you know, to be executed uh, as a war criminal and uh, a perpetrator of terrible genocides. And yeah, having your cake and eating it, this has really got it in spades. Uh, it kind of has this humanist message that he's in his rightful place, but then also has this kind of, you know, realist message that, yeah, you execute poor criminals. Of course you do. You know, they can try and worm out of it, but at the end of the day, Milosevic is going to choke on a sandwich one way or the other. <laughs> Oh, that's a very specific one there, Tom. <laughs> Actually, I think that's... Uh, what did I, he ever do to you? I think I've, ha- I think I've half remembered an Onion article there where he's, where he's just eating a big sloppy sandwich. And co- he, didn't, he didn't choke on a sandwich, did he? He had like a mysterious heart attack in, in, in custody. Um, but yeah, he deserved worse. Um, he certainly thinks so. And he... Yeah, I think he... Uh, he's in a... He's, in a better place to accept whatever the sentence is than he was the first time around in the trial Mm. uh, and where he was for a long period in season two of Modern Meets the I think he feels like he's done something worthwhile. He's had another chance. Um, So he has, he has had an opportunity. He had the, he was given the opportunity to have a, a good jolly uh, before being executed, I think is a way of looking at it. I do wonder. He says uh, he gave me the Rodimus Star eight hundred and nineteen years ago. Mm. So would this have been the time in the Functionist universe for Megatron? Because yeah, I, I think I... it's implied that the the trial takes place relatively soon after the end of events. Yeah, it's uh, it's Functionist time plus uh, however long. Mm. maybe a couple of years because obviously war crime trials are pretty big lengthy things <laughs> they might have skipped over a bit of bit of time there as well mm. but uh yeah that's mostly in the functionist universe uh yeah i took it to just be that but i guess yeah there's there's the space in there to play um i guess you could have lots of stories set just as soon as the lost light lands if you you know that's something to well, there certainly would have been a lot to, to deal with in the immediate aftermath of the last issue. So yeah, you, you could do that as well if you fa- your fanfic ideas. Yeah, yeah, man. I, there's a lot, lot I want to know about rehabilitating those functionists. Okay, wrong. Wrong. Hey. So, oh, I I hate that you were right last time. Should I hate <laughs> it? <laughs> I hate it. I it, this is not fair. I mean it's it's consistent, I'll be honest. And he did have the last say in a way. Um but Rung has managed to make how many did we say? Like 500 million how many savage uh, like lunars uh, have been Lunians, born? Yeah. Um lunians is it like some billion? Yeah, there's a billion sparks. A billion spark. He's managed to create a billion children that look exactly like him, 
and still nobody fucking remembers who he is. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not going to forget what he looks like anytime soon, or will they? Or will they? Maybe that's why all the... Uh all the uh, wrong babies were wearing hats and sunglasses because nobody can spot them unless they've got some sort of clothing on. <laughs> I mean, the man. It's, a, it's a good joke, you know, but I did feel really bad. How do they think they saved uh, the, the universe? How do they think they got the Matrixes? How do they think... I guess they. it's kind of implied that they think the sparks just sort of reignited themselves or... You know, it just kind of happened. Hmm. Um, yeah, how did they get the major? Yeah, there's a yeah. lot I want to know about their I mean, version uh, of events. What, what I find interesting is that uh, when uh, the functionists were giving their lists of people who had uh, had died uh, under Megatron, they remembered Verung. Yeah. So is it just how Rung died with all that uh, energy that made a much more firm mind wipe? Or... Hmm. 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 Yeah, I have I, I have no answers. It's um, just uh, it's a bit sad, you guys. Yeah, I if I think it's the only misstep really in this issue. Hmm. Because obviously, Rang deleted his files. He's he's done. He's finished. There's no evidence of him. Just these little model ships and a, a pile of dust. Which I guess if this issue had been longer, we would have seen the scene of him going into his office. They would have done the Red Dwarf thing where they stick his finger in a pile of the person's body and it slicks it. Do you think the Matrix has disappeared? I guess so. But 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 Rodimus remembers opening the Matrix. Oh, you're correct. So no, they must be. Even if they did vanish, they still yeah. remember having them. But yeah. Maybe they use all the energy from those. There was definitely less left of the case afterwards. Yeah, maybe. maybe. The, the drain. The, the, that, would, that would tie back to Death of Optimus Prime as well. They're doing that beforehand. Emptied the Matrix at the end of Chaos. So that, that's a full, full circle thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can believe that. Um... Yeah. It's just not really consistent with what we've been told about how the with 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 how we've been told the 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 adapter's death ray thing works. Like can Megatron remember Rung? Cuz he's mm. always has. Hmm. He remembers Rung uh from millions of years ago in the bar fight. Hmm. Well, not anymore. Yeah, and it isn't entirely consistent with the um, Lunians either mm. because it was only the Cybertronians that were affected in terms of them not remembering Rung as as well. We established this, of course. You know, it's not been confirmed. This is just our theory. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but, I, you know, it looked pretty solid. Um, but, uh, yeah, would other people not remember the Lunians if, if it was just Cybertronians that were affected by the memory thing? And it's yeah, there are some holes there, but I think we we kind of need to take that as a bit of a poetic license there. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess if it wasn't so sad, uh, maybe I'd have a, a better time with it. So Swerve, I mean, do we think he remembers via because James did say on Twitter but at the end of the last issue where Swerve's last line was reacting. To, the, to be concluded, caption at, oh, the, at the yeah. bottom of the page. Uh, so he, he, that was his intent there. So the the swerve still know all this stuff. Yeah, that that's uh, that's one theory. 
And of course, uh, Swerve is a big Quantum Leap fan. There is a couple of episodes of Quantum Leap where they run into uh, an angel or something like that that uh, helps them out, and then everybody forgets that person was there when they vanished at the end. Oh. Which, uh... So Swerve knows what's going on. He's he's seen that uh, second Christmas Quantum Leap episode, definitely, so he, he understands. And he knows that the, that the, light, the crew of the Last Light never returned home. Mm. I, mean, I, I do like that there's a lot of ambiguous stuff in this issue. I mean, it answers enough of the questions. I mean, I think I was saying last time, you know, it's... Uh, I like a bit of ambiguity, and there is a lot of... Like, it doesn't feel the need to tell you exactly what happened to Megatron. It doesn't feel able you know, to bring in Desaurus for just a cameo to say what happened to him, or to uh, explain what happened to that baby, uh, which I suppose in <laughs> retrospect is a bit, was a bit of a MacGuffin, uh, just to give Scorpion some motivation rather than anything else. Yeah, but, it, does, it uh, doesn't get lost in its own... It focuses on what's what the book is actually about, rather than these little, uh, you know, plots cul-de-sacs that we get uh, hung up on. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I got my almost bloody wedding. Almost. almost. Oh, d- yeah. d- just off page. That's a, a James just <laughs> laser targeted you there. It's like, oh, it happened to one of... I mean, there's two ratchets and two drifts of this issue when neither one of them got an on-screen wedding. <laughs> well, that's the uh, next commission. Hmm. I'm sure Alex will draw that. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, if you probably pay James to write it now, I think he's, he needs a bit of work. So it's <laughs> <laughs> reasonable rates. Oh, it'll be okay. like those, like those third-party um, Transformer like little pack-in comics they get where they didn't Simon Furman write one of them where he was writing about. Not really, Death's Head. Um, oh, did he write that one? I didn't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's that specifically, but I know he's written at least one. Um, uh, yeah, maybe that'll, that'll be a sideline. Uh, speaking of uh, the artist, though, I do want to say, because uh, yeah, I've, I've given him a bit of a rough time over some of the reviews, and I do think this was uh, pretty good work from Jack Lawrence. I think this is... <laughs> don't laugh, don't Tom, I've been nice! <laughs> Lavish the man with praise. No, this is his best work to date on the series. Uh, is that that with fake praise as well? This is the greatest Transformers comic book art of all time. Uh, is that good enough for you, Tom? This is this is exactly what Impact had told Megatron should. <laughs> of all the poems you've written, <laughs> this, this is, is the, the best, best one to date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mean try to, you said I was mean earlier and I tried to be nice and somebody throw it back in my face like uh, that's, that's, uh, Magnus showing his Stu- fan fiction Stuart was out roaming the streets uh, earlier today to get us some nauticas Stuart's a very kind gentleman who will go out of his way to uh, benefit his friends for their screeching demands for purple girls Oh, yep well, I've satisfied your demands for many purple things, Tom. But anyway, oh. the uh, I really, really enjoyed the art this issue. It's what I'm trying to say, people. Uh, I think it actually played to uh, Lawrence's strengths as well. Uh, I think the rug disguise thing would have worked as well with, say, an Alex Mill. There's sort of a Jeff Anderson look Lawrence has to a lot of his art, whereas uh, the, the newish characters look sort of streamlined and a little bulky. Uh, helps hide that a bit better about wearing the costumes. If it was if it was Mill or Cal Hill, I think it would have been a bit more visually uh, visually given away. So I think that that was a that worked great. So I think uh, as you said, that transformation scene worked 
worked very nice, and I think uh, it all looked very good. Yeah, I, mean, I think he said at TF Nation he was uh, putting everything he could into this issue uh, to get it done on time, which initially had me worried that it might wind up looking a bit rushed. Uh, but it doesn't. And uh, So, you know, hats off there with my very sincere and genuine compliment. Thank you very much, people. He takes his hat off and underneath he looks just like wrong. I think uh, Tom has done, Tom Belong has done a good job on this one. It's very dialogue heavy, Uh, but he's kept it flowing very nicely, uh, which is important when you want to get that snappy dialogue in there. Um, So um, thank you, Tom, as always. And uh, it's the last one, you guys. How are we feeling? I feel they, they did it. Didn't they? They did it. They 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 pulled it off. There was a lot riding on this, you know, emotionally for us as, as humans. And um, yeah, I felt we were in good hands the whole way. Hmm. Yeah, uh I mean, I would say overall the entire eighty odd issue run. Uh, I'm not sure how many it is in total because uh, James is cheating him afterwards, trying to make it a hundred issues so he didn't fulfill his promise to issue one. So it gets a bit confusing. But uh, the entire run. <laughs> is pretty much the most consistently good bit of Transformers fiction, I think, uh, ever. I mean, which, can, 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 maybe that's stabbing with fake praise again, Tom. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is uh, achieved at a pretty extraordinary level uh, and reached a lot of people who don't normally read Transformers comics. I think it's, it's almost like... Uh, I was saying earlier, you know, Deep Space Nine is often called the Star Trek show for people who don't like Star Trek. And this is almost for Transformers equivalent to that. It has uh, hit a lot of people who wouldn't normally give Transformers stuff the time of day, and they, they love it. It's got the first good critical notes uh, from a proper reviewers of any Transformers fiction. It uh, gets talked about on BBC Radio 2, Jimmy Red Sports section. That's, uh, this comic has done a lot of very good, very impressive things. And I hope that it is uh, sort of a big signpost of what people take inspiration from it to work on the, the next batch of comics. And I don't mean in, like just copying it, the style and the feel, but in taking the inspiration of you can do a contemporary 20X, whatever the year is, <laughs> when the next one's come out, <laughs> uh, Transformers comic that reflects current times that fits on the shelf next to Squirrel Girl or Miss Marvel or whatever the current big trendsetter is. And it can do that. Uh, and it shouldn't be a, a shame of trying. It doesn't need to be just an exercise in nostalgia and continuity box ticking. I'm worshipping the brand. Um, yeah, artistically, it's it's almost unbelievable like it's a comic that has uh, a very clear heart. Uh, that's kind of that sounds a bit condescending. It's got a philosophy and it's got a um, no, it's got a morality to it uh, that uh, it started with and ended with and explored in lots of interesting ways using the toy box and never really deviated from that. Like, the purpose in which World of Meets the Eye and Lost Light have kind of um, pursued uh, is an incredible artistic achievement. And the fact that it's been presented 
so consistently um, beautifully uh, is is incredible. It really is something special, and I don't, I you know, I don't think we're going to get this again, not in this franchise. But I think there will be copycats, and I think you're, I think your your suspicion is right, Stuart. I think they're going to copy the wrong stuff because they always do. <laughs> it's you. you you, you can't. Yeah. If you're inspired by this, you wouldn't then try and make another Transformers comic. So you're saying that James is going to wind up the Frank Miller of Transformers writers? Oh, that's a horrible thing to say. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody takes the wrong thing for their stuff. Right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I, I, I'll go back to what you said. I think if you were inspired by this, you wouldn't set out to create another Lost Light. Not that you wouldn't set out to create another Transformers comic. Okay. As long as you were creating your own thing and taking the right things from it, as you say, um, Transformers is a, is a good franchise to achieve some of the things that I think James has achieved and some of the things he said with this. I think I'm I'm very I'm very emotionally confused this week. <laughs> it's been all very overwhelming. Um, we um, well, I I I, uh, I was hoping, uh, having had months to prepare for this, years even, that I uh, would be in a place where I would be celebrating, and I have been celebrating, but at the same time, I've had some massive crashes this week. Um, it, it has been a big roller coaster, and. Um, I, I think I'm going to need quite some time to digest the fact that, that this series has ended. Uh, I started a hashtag on Twitter uh, called We Achieved Something. The aim for it uh, was to celebrate everything that this comic book has been, some of the best moments or the things that people remember most about it. It started off this way, and at some point along the way, it morphed into the things that people had achieved themselves whilst they'd been reading this book for the past uh, sort of nine years. And, um, sorry, um, seven, um, six to seven years, actually. And um, I was struck by uh, how many people were new readers uh, on that hashtag and I mean like people who got into it are they either the past 12 months or um, the past couple of years uh, which uh, I wasn't expecting because I thought that since we switched to the Lost Light title we were losing readers we're not gaining new readers so that was a pleasant surprise I was also struck by how many of the readers were actually very young um, or how many of them had started reading the book when they were still at school and we're now at university or now had um, jobs that they were happier with. Some of them had had families meanwhile and so on. Um, it's been a, a journey for everybody. And I think just the sheer outpouring of emotion that's been on Twitter this week on the We Achieve Something hashtag has been extraordinary and no matter what people say i mean i have seen some negative comments and people you know, fair enough they're free to not like this book and be glad it's finishing and something else is coming along because they weren't happy about it um i have seen some comments though from people saying nobody liked this stupid book i'm glad it's going away and 
all you have to do is look at this hashtag to appreciate just not only how many people were reading it, but what it's meant to them. You know, a sports editor on BBC Radio 2 felt the need to hijack the sports segment to talk about how sad they were this book had finished. I And this is not uh, an exception. This is a representative, I feel, of how we have all felt emotionally about this book at one point or other. That's uh, the greatest achievement that I can think of that uh, James Roberts um, has uh, has done uh, the past few years. It has been a ride. Um, I'm not going to go into you know a lot more about this right now. We will hopefully have a an episode where we celebrate the whole of the NW continuity, and we can talk a lot more about things like this. Uh, I just want to end with saying I think as an ending, this was this was very much an ending. Uh, it was a fit ending. I uh, wish there was more, uh, but I don't feel like it was rushed. I don't feel like, uh, as you know, it has been very often the case with fiction that I have liked. I, I haven't felt like, oh no, God, no, there was another, you know, there was another whole season in this. Why is it finishing? You know, I feel like, sure, there could have been a lot more stories we could have told uh, with this crew, uh, but uh, equally, I think the journey did come to a satisfying conclusion. And um, I can only salute everybody involved and thank them for all their hard work on this. And I, I think that's uh, the notes on which you end. I think that's a, a lovely final summation there. So uh, as we all head off into the sunset for the final time, uh, do we want to share our Twitter handles and anything that uh, we're up to at the moment? Because I think, uh, Marion, you've, you've been doing something very exciting this week. I have, after being quiet for months and months. Um, I have a website uh, of my own, finally, and um, it's uh, it's a bit of a project website. Uh, um, it's about my photography. It's called Morian's Lux, and you can find it at uh, morians-lux.com uh, online. There you can find um, some sort of selections of my photography, and including some of my toy photography and a lot of focus on Transformers photography. And you can also find um, the uh, charity cards that I was offering at TF Nation up on the store. Um, they are still part of the same batch. I have 200 sets of these greeting cards uh, to sell. Uh, I've sold about sort of a quarter of that, so there's plenty to go. And uh, they are just £5 each. All your money goes towards the IDAS charity. Uh, just go on the store and click buy, and you can have Christmas cards for your friends with Transformers on them. What better could you ask for, right? Uh, I also want to point out that we have a Transformers meet in the city of York planned for the 24th of November. And if you come, not only do you get to meet the whole of the Podcast Maximus crew, that is myself, Tom and Stuart, but also you get to meet up with other Transformers fans uh, from across the country and particularly uh, a lot of us, the people who hang out at TF Nation. Uh, you don't have to know us. You just have to turn up. There's nothing very formal about this meet. We are literally going around talking about robots, possibly playing some card games, eating some food, you know, drinking some coffee or tea or whatever beverage of your choices and uh, just, you know, being people who hang out and... Uh, uh, yeah, you can uh, approach either one of us about the York meet uh, on Twitter. Uh, just drop us a line if you want to know more about it. Uh, it's on the Saturday, 24th of November. 
which is uh, the day after the 30th anniversary of the Doctor Who story Cyber, Cyber Nemesis. So I'll be doing my 1980s Cybermen impression, which is excellent. See, that's a t- taste of air. That's what you'll get if you come. Uh, Tom, Tom <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> Uh, I'm, uh, I, I've, I've just started uh, a master's degree, so I'm not doing anything right now. Don't, I mean, you, you can try and, you can try and talk to me, but I, well, I you know, I've got to read, I've got to do. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't contact Tom, contact Sierra me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only one of the two of you is allowed to be doing anything at any one time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Uh, me, you know, in the last seven years, my life has been changed from writing about Marvel Generation 1 UK comics every week to writing about Transformers Armada UK comics every week. I've gone on a very, very long journey in my life. I think my life has changed more than people who've had kids and got married and new jobs. So if you uh, follow on Transformation at the Solar Pool, uh, you'll see me talking about uh, Armada for the next seven weeks. I think I think the last podcast made it sound a bit negative, so I'm going to Big it up. The Armada UK comic is definitely a comic in the same branding as Lost Lights. So if you enjoy reading about Lost Lights, you will definitely enjoy reading me talk about the British Armada comic. Stuart, uh, I, I really enjoy your blog because it, it always makes me flash back to when it was I read these comics, uh, especially because you get into all the ephemera. And uh, yeah, the Armada ones, I had actually forgotten that I did buy all of them, and did read them. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this is aimed at you, Tom, I'm specifically. Uh... Yeah, it feels very, it feels very, uh, yeah. And then I'm kind of reliving. When were they released? What year was it? 2003. 2003, yeah, that was a hard year. Uh, I, I remember, yeah, kind of, I was living at my aunt's. Uh, there, was, there was a lot going on that year. And, uh, yeah, I've been, been reliving that through the medium of Stuart's weekly blog posts about the, the crosswords in <laughs> the Panini Armada very, comic. Very good crosswords. It's, uh, <laughs> so do do check that out, people. Come, do come say hello at York Meets. And uh, just a quick football update. The uh, score in the Scottish Premiership is uh, St. Johnstone 4, Hamilton nil. So it's, uh, that's 86 minutes, Hooray! 24 minutes ago. Oh, so it's no. uh, live as it happens. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> so, I know exactly what you've been doing this week. You, it finished, and you were quite emotional. And you, I was. And you thought to yourself, "I'm going to talk about this on the radio." I, about on Tuesday, I bet you thought about it. I, I actually wrote down the list. Nothing's going to stop me. it. No. Ben's no, here with sports to. news, the reason why he's here. But yeah, it's been, it's been a real week. I had to talk about it after this.